over the weekend, I decided to check out the new limited series on Netflix, Made. I typically would just breeze right past shows like this because it looked like it would be a slow show where it took a long time to get to the point. I had several people on social media ask, why are we not talking about this show? Mainly women, of course. So that piqued my interest. Let me tell you, I originally was not going to release an episode regarding this topic right now. But then I spent hours watching this show because I found it to be the most relatable show I have ever watched. I immediately told myself, this deserves recognition. In doing my part, I wrote and I wrote everything I could to share my thoughts and feelings about the accurate depiction of a single mother, the caregiver role, the human service worker role, domestic violence victim role, and the once a recipient of government assistance role. I will let you know that some spoilers are ahead in this episode, but whether you keep listening now or have to hit pause to watch the show and then come back, please keep an open mind and also look into your heart to find empathy for other women and men who may be in these situations. So grab your morning cup and let's dive in. Welcome to Mama's Morning Cup Podcast. On this podcast, hang out with Quinn and guests who are also fellow mamas who will bring candid conversations covering the five pillars of inspiration, family, health, career, and books. Mama, we need to fill up our cups while juggling careers, our dreams, and a family. Mama's Morning Cup is a weekly podcast just for you to set your week up with intentional stories, joy, laughter, and a moment to yourself. My name is Quinn Minier, and I'm the host of Mama's Morning Cup. I am a mama of a thousand kids that love to encourage and inspire fellow mamas and fill their cups with intention. You can find me most days wearing leggings and reading a good book. Each week, I'll be popping into your ears to remind you that you are not alone in this journey we call motherhood. Go behind the scenes of my chaotic household that should be a reality show, my opinions and views of this world, and hear from other women who will inspire us through stories of inspiration, family, career, and their health journeys. This is Mama's Morning Cup. Throughout MADE, I cried several times unintentionally and had to take some breaks. I don't know if it's because of personal experience with a few of Alex's hardships. She's the main character. The empathy of being a mother and once a single mother. Or if it was my experience working in human services, but my emotions got the best of me. I kind of broke down my writing to focus on the main points and the characters. So let me give you what Netflix describes this limited series as. After fleeing an abusive relationship, 
A young mother finds a job cleaning houses as she fights to provide for her child and build them a better future. Pretty straightforward, I guess. What the description doesn't tell you is that Alex is not physically abused, but emotionally, psychologically, financially, and isolated. All domestic violence is not physical abuse. Let's get that out there. Alex and Sean, her child's father, are low-income, single-income because she depends on Sean to provide for the family. They have a two-year-old daughter when the show starts. Sean did not allow Alex to work. She is the primary caretaker for Maddie. Let's stop right there. Domestic violence occurs in all socioeconomic backgrounds, races, religion, sexual orientation, and abilities. While there may be higher cases in certain populations, it is not exclusive. In this series, they lived in a single white trailer in Washington. Sean is a bartender and Alex, who once worked at a restaurant herself, does not have employment. The show goes back and forth between present and past as Alex recounts the history between her and Sean. Now let's talk about the isolation. Once Maddie is born, Alex is isolated from having access to her own finances, education, Um, She was accepted into college for writing, and so she's also isolated from decision-making. She had the same friends as Sean, and um, we'll get into how that didn't go in her favor when she needed support. When your partner or a person who is supposed to add value to your life and be a supporter decides that they will make the decisions and it's not mutually beneficial, this is a red flag. Often we don't notice the red flags until it's too late or it's in hindsight. If you are not allowed to make your own friends or you find that you are no longer talking to people you once were because your partner needs your attention and needs you all to themselves, this is a red flag. Isolation is a form of abuse, and it starts to affect you psychologically. We are created to have connection and a sense of belonging. It's part of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So let's dive into when Alex decided to flee in the middle of the night. She left with a bag, her daughter, and her own car. She did have this in the beginning, which is good because it gave her a leg up on getting out of Sean's house. He owned this home. Let's keep that in mind, too. She went to her mother, who I found out is her real-life mother, Andy McDowell, who deserves an award for her portrayal of Paula, an undiagnosed person living with bipolar disorder or once called manic depressive disorder. She is shown as a free spirit, unstable woman who in her own right is being financially abused by her boyfriend, Basil. Paula is also a person that Alex has to take care of. So now 
she is a mother of a two-year-old, a domestic violence victim, and the primary caretaker of her mother who is not stable. Now, she doesn't physically take care of her mother, but is the only person who feels responsible for her, her whereabouts, and her relationship choices. Paula doesn't see that her daughter is a domestic violence victim. Instead, she keeps telling Alex that she can't help her and that Sean is a good man, which is another cycle that domestic violence victims hear all the time. Not a good thing. So in seeking help, Alex seeks assistance from family services and is met with the reality of government help. This is where I empathize with Alex and the caseworker. What Alex doesn't know is that it's not easy to get assistance. It's one of the hardest things you can do because there are so many stipulations and hoops that you have to jump through to get on your feet. She tells the caseworker that she needs housing, but without a job, she can't get housing. And without daycare, she can't get a job. And without a job, she can't get daycare. It's a ridiculous cycle, right? The Section 8 housing vouchers waiting lists are long, and depending on the city and state you live in, are very hard to even get your name on the list. The list may be open just once per year for a short period of time, and then it could take years to even receive a call. If you need information, I will put a link in the show notes for you as well. <clears throat> so when you do get a voucher, the next hurdle is going to be finding housing that will accept the voucher. This is another thing the show depicts well. The cycle is brutal. When asked if she was a DV victim, she says no, because she has never been physically hit. Let's stop there. Remember when I said DV is not about being physically harmed. She doesn't realize she is indeed a DV victim. Sean throws things right past her head. He yells in her face. He makes her feel small. She does not have control unless he is at work. She ultimately gets into a DV shelter and finds a job through Value Maids thanks to her caseworker's connection. And so her job is part-time, 30 hours per week, max, and it's paid very low. At the shelter, she meets Denise, an older woman who runs the shelter, which is full of other women and children. She meets a new friend, Danielle, who immediately connects with her and tells her she needs to start fighting back. Danielle eventually falls back into the cycle by returning to her abusive husband. Within days, she finds herself fighting for custody of Maddie and doesn't have an attorney or understand why she's really there, even though she's Maddie's mother. This is another thing. The court system will also make you feel small. Take it from me. I have had some battles in the court and made out to be less than. Alex doesn't know to tell the judge that Sean is an alcoholic and abusive. All she hears are legal words being thrown around. She didn't know she needed to document things and file police reports. 
She ends up having to turn Maddie over to Sean because she removed her from the home without notifying him. And there was an accident that occurred while Maddie was with her. She has seven days to get things in order. This is where she starts working as much as she can. Again, not making a livable wage, finding housing, daycare. Her mother is all over the place. Once she starts getting things lined up, the cycle begins. Sean swoops back in to be a changed man. Now, for people who don't know, there are about five to six cycles of change. Sean is only in the preparation phase, meaning he is actively planning on getting his life together. He removes some of the temptation to drink and arrange support. He is now going to AA, but, and there is definitely a but, he is still a bartender. He has not gone to counseling of his own because he too is repeating a cycle of having an alcoholic mother. He has not done the work to be a changed person. He is only in stage three of change. That is my philosophy of it. Alex does great at not believing him at first, but falls into the trap once again. She does have some supporters, one being a friend, Nate, who adores her and is actually attracted to her. He is stable, has a young son, and is divorced. The problem with this is Alex doesn't see herself as worthy of being with him because they are not equal. I said that in quotations. I know you can't see me. That is another outcome of her childhood being around her mother. Absent father who was also abusive toward her and the psychological and emotional abuse by Sean. Nate helps her out with Maddie and her mom and gives her a car so she can get to work. He truly cares about her. Sometimes a DV victim um, can't see where the good guys are. And I'm not just saying guys, just a general statement. You only see what's familiar. We want to believe people have changed and we let our guards down. When she does, Sean, being jealous of the help she received from Nate, starts the control again. He knows he can't take care of Maddie alone, but throws out the family word a lot. Is it truly a family when you take your partner's car away? You put your needs above theirs? You want to control them having a phone and when they can work? Hmm, think about it. That's not what families do. Those are signs of abuse. Alex forms a bond with Regina, a woman who she cleans for, and Regina herself, even though she is rich and seems to have it all, the money, the house, career as a lawyer, and marriage, but her marriage is falling apart due to infertility. She has a surrogate mother carrying her child, and is now facing divorce. She's sad and lonely in a big expensive house. She herself does not have support and is in denial and prideful. Motherhood changed her view of things as well. You will have to watch the show for more of Regina's character. I actually liked her.
now Alex's dad recognizes the abusive relationship, but then victim blames. He is also psychologically abusing her because he uses Sean's alcoholism as an excuse to give him a pass. He himself abused Paula, but won't admit it. It's another repeated cycle, but Alex recognizes it and realizes he's not good for her and Maddie. Alex needs someone in her corner as a character witness to get full custody of Maddie and move to Montana because, once again, she was accepted into college and took out student loans along with a creative writing scholarship. So she's starting to get on her feet, but her parents are not a reliable source. Paula has been admitted to an inpatient hospital for a short stay due to an incident where she was manic. She lost her home due to Basil manipulating her for his own gambling needs. She finds herself homeless too. She refuses to take medication because she does not accept her illness. Remember I said that her friends were Sean's friends? Yeah, Sean's friends, not a reliable character witness. So, in seeking hope, through all of this, Alex does not give up. When we are determined to be the best mother possible and provide for our children, there are no limits to what we would do. We would scrub someone else's toilets, sit on the ferry depot's floor. We will go through the stigma of standing in line at a grocery store, wondering if our food assistance card has enough money on it to feed ourselves. Even with the judgmental people who are behind you and bringing about anxiety and embarrassment, we will call into work when our child is sick and risk our jobs. We will spend our last money on gas for our car so we can get to work. We will also feed our children and not feed ourselves. We may go back to school to further our education because without an education, we can't get a higher paying job. Motherhood is about sacrifices. It's not fair at all. But we don't sit around in gloom about what's not fair. We take action. That's one thing I really enjoyed about this accurate portrayal of a mother's will to survive. She didn't give up for too long. Even though there were couch moments, as I call them, when you let the couch win, you fall into a depression and don't want to get up off of the couch. Alex realizes that she has PTSD, but I would take it further. I really would, further than PTSD. There were a lot of adverse childhood experiences in there, too. Um, yeah, but anyway, she made decisions out of fear. Fear can make you feel abandoned, isolated, insecure, vulnerable, and many other things. I do love that she started leading a creative writing piece of group therapy. She gave back a, a voice to other women. She also realized after she was fired from her job, that she has the skills and the ability to work for herself. She knew she had potential, as every person should. 
She listened to her supporters who saw her potential as a writer, which writing carried her through tough times. Overall, like I said, this was the most relatable show I've ever seen. Maybe not in every area, but a lot of Alex's story reminds me of myself and people I have helped and know personally. What I want you to take away from this episode is that there is help if you are or know someone who is a victim of domestic violence, someone who needs mental health help, someone who needs medical, food, financial, housing, employment, and legal assistance. The National Coalition Against Domestic Violence states one in four women and one in nine men experience severe intimate partner physical violence. Intimate partner contact, sexual violence, and or intimate partner stalking with impacts such as injury, fearfulness, post-traumatic stress disorder, use of victim services, contraction of sexually transmitted diseases, etc. I will link their website for you in the show notes. I will also link where you can find social services programs where you live. If you know someone who needs immediate help, please call 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E, or 7233. So that's 1-800-799-7233. Or visit their website at www thehotline.org and I'll also link that in the show notes for you for the housing choice voucher programs I will also link that in the show notes for someone who may need that assistance the case manager in me will always want to help others if you need a safe person to talk to my DMs are open, or you can reach me via email at info at Until next time, I hope you find this episode helpful and you check out Made, M-A-I-D, on Netflix. Please share this episode with another person who will also find it relatable. I would love it if you could tap follow wherever you are listening to the show so I can reach other women in this space. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Mama's Morning Cup. I would love to hear more from you on the topics you want to hear. Head to MMC podcast link in the show notes and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next. See you all next time.